0: Hello, I'm Rachel Richards, and welcome to Teenagers Untangled, where we combine research by experts and ideas from other parents to solve your problems. As a parenting coach, I saw the incredible power of getting people together to share ideas and support each other. So welcome, pull up a chair and let's begin. In this episode, we talk about Helen's dilemma. Her 16-year-old son is in love and she's worried about how she should deal with him wanting to have sex. But first, how to listen so that your teen will talk and talk so that your teen will listen. With me to help us tackle these topics again is Susie Asley, who is a teacher of mindfulness and mother to three teenagers, including twins. Hi, Susie. Thanks for being here with us. Hi, Rachel. Remember those distant days when your child gazed at you with adoring eyes, chattered nonstop and even listened when you talked to them? It can feel very upsetting when your teenager descends into the language of grunts and sulks and much of that from behind their bedroom door. But don't panic. According to Daniel Siegel in the book Brainstorm, the excess neurons that have built up during early childhood are now being actively pruned. The good thing is that teenagers are now able to develop abstract thinking and self-reflection. The bad thing about it is having to live with someone whilst all that's going on. Now, let's start with getting your child to listen. Susie, how do you do it?
1: Well, in my experience, it feels very different with my kids, uh, the boy and girl element. Um, And I have had to learn and haven't been very good at not talking too much myself. And I find with... uh, with my boys, particularly my eldest, I will explain things ad nauseum, and um, and I've lost him literally by a sentence too, um, and he's become—they've both become very good at looking like they're listening, even answering.
0: This is where those skills come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right in the teenage years. Yeah,
1: and but actually hasn't heard any of it, so um, so I've had to learn how to get to the point.
0: And how do you do? What do you do?
1: Well, I'm. Um, We had some issues. My eldest unfortunately had lots of back issues and there were lots of things that we had to discuss together, like doing physio, taking care of himself, like lots of boring things I had to keep bringing up. And I was losing him by sentence too. So I suddenly thought, I know what, I'll put a time limit on it. So I asked him, I think we were in one of those car journeys where you're talking and he's trapped and listening <laughs> or just <laughs> trapped, actually. And um, I said, how about if I put a two minute time limit on it? And when I get to the end of two minutes, if even if I'm not finished, I have to stop. Fantastic. And I literally saw his shoulders go down and he went, oh, Mom, that would be great.
0: And and all the married couples across the country thinking, yeah, I think I'm going to buy a timer.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) honestly, it's really good because A, it makes me focus because I can go on and on and on. And B, he's sort of agreed to listening to those two minutes. Because he knows he's got to concentrate, but it's only two minutes. Yeah. And sometimes I get to the end and I go, I've gone over, haven't I? Or or he'll go... (laughs) Um, that's way longer than two minutes. You've got to stop now. Because we have the agreement, I go, OK, fine. And I find that
0: I l- quite enjoy putting the radio on in the morning. I put on the Today programme because they are covering the news. Yeah. And, you know, just the other day, my one of my children said, sorry, what's cladding? And the story was about the Grenfell Tower. As I said it's used sometimes to talk about what goes around pipes, but it's, in this context, it's used on buildings. And then I I thought, how do I make this interesting? And I talked about these poor people whose lives have been upturned and how they've bought properties and now they can't sell them on because of the cladding issue. And what was amazing about it was it encompassed all sorts of things. And it was a general knowledge learning experience without it feeling like that. We just chatted five minutes. Out she gets. She goes, oh, that's interesting. The older
1: they get, the more you can have these kind of conversations.
0: And the book by Daniel Siegel talks about teaching your child to have reflective conversations. And when we're talking about reflective conversations, we mean those ones where we speak without filtering our feelings and our thoughts, kind of letting things out, Mm -hmm. brainstorming. And he says there have been numerous brain studies showing that when we do this particular thing, either with somebody else listening or you can do it in your head, It stimulates the integration of the prefrontal cortex where planning and problem solving takes place. And it allows us to tune into others Mm. and it generates empathy. And as an example of the way that you might do this, he says, if you lost your temper Mm. with your teenager, go away. Think about Mm. what happened there. Why did you get to that point? What preceded it? What else was happening in your world? It sounds quite arduous to some people, but it's actually a method of thinking that's Mm. very powerful and then go back and talk to your teenager about it. Choose your moment, but give them an opportunity for you to say, I'm I'm really sorry, this was what was going on. What you're doing is you're showing them how to go through that process and then apologise, if you need to apologise. He says we as parents need to try and teach this to our children.
1: Mm. I think that's really, really important, and it's a massive part of, of mindfulness as well, You know, an awareness of what's going on, what do we get. We all get triggered by stuff, we all react. Of course we do, we're human beings, especially with our kids. But to be able to then go away and go, okay, what happened there? And then to voice it with your kid. And then and we do that regularly. Of course, you know, of course we lose our tempo with each other. We, you know, we're family. <laughs> actually, I had an episode the other day with, with my eldest on the phone and we were disagreeing about something. And, and actually then he texted afterwards and went, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I felt attacked. And wow. I, then I could reply and go, oh, thanks for sharing that. Wow. um, Yes, I was attacking you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and this is why, because I felt that. And then we kind of checked in with each other. Okay, you good, you good. Yeah, good, done, finished. Amazing. That's yeah.
0: amazing communication. Yeah. That he's able to actually say that I felt yeah. I was feeling attacked and then you're
1: able to say, Yeah, okay, I
0: was doing yeah. that and, yeah. um, and and that's something we can all try and reach towards. Yeah. Joanne Deek in Girls Will Be Girls has a fantastic explanation of how this can work. So she says we often when we are talking with our teenagers Uh, We can often assume or jump in. So they start saying something and you are either busy or you kind of feel like, you know, you've been there. So you jump in and assume that you know what they're talking about. That's very, very upsetting for somebody who thinks, well, no, that wasn't it. But then they just think I'm not going to tell you because you're not interested. And then if you have opened up, she says, don't go straight into that fix it mode. Give them some space to explore what they're saying. So encourage them to open up a bit more about what they actually mean, because sometimes they'll have got to something, but they're not there yet. And you're trying to model that sort of research, that kind of searching around, rummaging around, that reflective thought. And she also says, leave grey areas. You don't have to have an answer to everything. You don't have to tell the teenager what the answers are let them try and figure this stuff out because again that's part of the whole job of being an adult and the time when you can be very helpful is when you discuss the strategies for action so once they've got to a stage where they figured something out and they say, and then you can say so what are you going to do so let's say the child you know is failing in their exams and you say so what are you going to do if they say well i think i might leave school don't panic you know you have to keep a totally straight face and don't catastrophize it, to use your term that you used last time. Give them a chance to stand next to you and stare over that precipice. Oh, OK, yeah, you could, you could lose school. So what, will you get a job? Are you going to move out now? How is this going to
1: work? And just let them talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I think for me always the, the point of it all is, is connection. Yeah. Like we're trying to connect with our kids, and sometimes that goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. But rather than it being, you know, a teachable moment mm. or whatever that looks like, <laughs> it's a, you know, genuine, authentic connection. So when they come with something that maybe is something that feels difficult, that we are, you know, genuinely trying to unpack it with them. You know, yeah. what what do you mean by that? What's that about? What because, um, I mean, we all hate being fixed, and I certainly do, and I hate it when someone's not really listening. And you can smell a teachable moment a
0: mile off. You know, when your parents have zoned in and going, oh, I know how you can fix yeah, this. <laughs> go away. And
1: then you just stop. Them.
0: It's a new feeling for yeah. them. So, so to have somebody sort of step in and say, oh, yeah, th- I've you know done all this yeah. before, it kind of just takes yeah. all the wind out of their sails.
1: Or fix it because they're frightened.
0: Yes. Yes, because the parents frightened yeah. and we very often are yeah. frightened yeah. by the things our children yeah. tell us. But one of the things that um, she also said in the book is that we shouldn't be afraid to give our moral or philosophical bottom line and be mm-hmm. definite about that. Be black and white about certain things because so much of life is grey that actually yeah. having a parent who says, you know, this is not acceptable, yeah. that makes them feel much more safe and comfortable. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. Yeah, no, I agree with that
0: so those who are listening may well be thinking okay that oh, sounds like it works but how do I actually go about doing that what are my tools wonderful thing is that parent Jim, which I used to coach for actually summarized and there were two techniques one is the super silence and the other is the active listening and these may not come readily to us but actually they're quite simple and easy so practicing them will not be that difficult mm. So what we'd like to do is role play so that you can hear in action the way that sometimes preaching and judging and um, jumping in too quickly can shut down a conversation, which could have been a really, really useful opportunity. So Tom wouldn't meet up with me today. He never does what I say. Well, maybe
1: you should try compromising.
0: I don't want to compromise. I hate him. Don't be such a spoilt brat. I'm not
1: a brat. He's a brat. You're being really immature.
0: Uh, oh, I'm not. You don't understand. You're so old and stupid. Don't you speak to me like that. Fine. I'm going to my room. <laughs> that was <laughs> nice. Oh, you know, what's wrong with my child? This is an example of how you can go from the child actually coming to you and saying something that could have been a useful opportunity to discuss things and understand your child to being catastroph- catastrophic. Yeah. So what we're going to do is try that in a slightly different way. So the super silence is where you say nothing and you just make noises. So you'll just say, oh, oh, interesting. Or you, you just little little responses. And then the active listening is where you try to summarise what you've just heard. So you're sort of here. And then they'll either say, yeah, that, that's it. Or they'll say, "Nah, that's not really it. Yeah. And they may well then work it out themselves. Yeah,
1: it's so. very similar to mindful listening, mindful communication. Is that right? Yeah, yeah really similar. Yeah. So, so just engaging. You're listening trying. to listen and to connect rather than to answer and fill in the gaps. <laughs> and give your opinion. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so Tom wouldn't meet up with me today. He never does what I say. Ah. Yeah. He said I always try to boss him around. So I just hung out on my own.
1: Hmm. What was that like?
0: Oh It was rubbish. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. He's my best mate. If we don't hang out, I'll be on my own. What would that be like? Rubbish. Maybe I should let him decide what we do sometimes. Yeah, maybe. So there is an active role, but it feels passive to the person who's talking, the teenager. They feel like they're just able to have space. Sometimes my daughter says, "Mommy, don't don't say anything. Just let me think this through."
1: Yeah, and they can unfold it themselves and yes. and sort of hear hear what they're thinking themselves. And don't be afraid of that silence. No. Those
0: moments where you think, oh, there's no one saying anything? Yeah, I
1: know, they're
0: good. They're good. <laughs> and the next question is, when when do we do this? So so all of these things I've put in the, the BuzzFeed write-up of this, if you want to have uh, prompts and things. But in terms of when we do this, when do you find the most useful uh, period, Susie? For...
1: Um, if it's something specific I want to discuss with them or if they come to me with something, yeah, I guess... They come whenever they're ready. But um if I want to discuss something, then cars, car journeys are the best. Thank God for cars. <laughs> they're brilliant. Because there's this <laughs> it's like safe a moving space. moving prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a safe space where there's no eye contact and um, it's a finite amount of time. They know it's going to end at some point where they can jump out. <laughs> I think they're brilliant. My eldest, often late at night, is he suddenly wakes up and wants to fry up. Mine want me to sit on the bed yep. and, and say good night and yeah. chat, yeah, and you have to pick these moments because they might not come for another few days, so um, and
0: I think you have to fight for those moments in your
1: week. I'm not mm-hmm. saying day
0: because sometimes we can't see each other regularly, but yeah. meal times. Yeah. I had one um, parent on my course who said he likes fixing bikes with his son, and that. he said, we talk about everything. So yeah. actually doing something where you're working together, these are really special moments yeah. when you can have those conversations. Yeah. Dog walks,
1: walking to Dog the loops. station. I walked, I walked to the station, well, part of the way to the station with two of my kids in the morning. it's. Well, one of them, the other one's usually late and running running behind, (laughs) but one of them walks.
0: One of my favourite things to ask them is, what's the gossip? I love asking them what's going on at school. They know that I'm not going to tell anybody else, but it's really this salacious chit-chat that's been going on. Um, And also, what music are you listening to? You know, they're walking around with some earpods in or their headphones on. And often they say to me, "Oh no, you won't like it. It's boring." And I say, "No, no, no, no. Just just let me listen." And I think if we take seriously the minutiae of their life, then when something is important, then they're much more likely to to connect. We had that in the
1: summer where (laughs) we had a really old. Broken car with only radio. And then we had a new car, which you had Bluetooth. Yay! And we drove all the way to the Lake District. And I was like, right, guys, put your music on. Let's have a listen. And it was amazing. It was so great. much fun. <laughs> yeah, my boys like grime. <laughs> 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 but it was lovely to hear and then to share and talk about what kind of things they like. It was really nice. Actually. How amazing. Yeah. My,
0: my friend's son, uh, he lives in London and he's fully grown, North Face, yeah. earpods, yeah. sucking his teeth, listening to grime yeah. and have a listen. And, uh Then she turned to him and said, oh, you like poetry.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, I got told off for trying to sing along because I'm obviously not very cool. (laughs) Yeah, there's a limit. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So we'd love to hear your thoughts on this segment. Do you struggle to communicate with your teenager? Do you find yourself grinding your teeth with frustration at times? Or are there any particular techniques or times that you find are really helpful? Please get in touch. Our email address is help at teenagersuntangled.com. Sex. Now I've got your attention. And Helen had ours when she sent us this question. My 16-year-old is dating and he says he's in love. What do I do if he brings her home and wants her to stay the night? Do I put them in the same room or separate them? I'm just not ready for this.
1: Well, I have had this experience and and I have uh, permission to talk about it. He said he didn't really care. (laughs) Um,
0: This this is why Susie (laughs) is so valuable on this (laughs) programme.
1: well my my now 16 he's 16 and he yeah he was 16 when he asked as well um and so was she importantly and he has a girlfriend who lives quite a long way away so travel is is difficult for them they they're very happy to do it but it takes a while so traveling late at night was particularly challenging for her because it's dark etc going on trains um so earlier than they otherwise would have done they wanted to she wanted to spend the night he sleeps in our old garage it's been converted so we communicate often via alexa which is <laughs> super um, weird <laughs> but they work he must love it <laughs> he, he thinks it's brilliant so he at 10 o'clock at night he he dropped in to me in the kitchen saying oh can uh, can my girlfriend stay over on saturday and a i was sort of ready for bed and thinking whoa i don't really want to have this conversation right now and 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 B, I said, I, I'm certainly not having this conversation over Alexa. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about it tomorrow. Let's, and I didn't react at all. I just said, Oh, okay. Well, let's have a think and, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I could then go, Oh, that's, um, I wasn't expecting that and could actually think about what how I wanted to answer it. And my philosophy is and always has been about that would be. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel comfortable. Eldest is pretty headstrong. So whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. So I can make it safe and nice and nurturing for them or I can not and they're going to do it anyway and it might be dangerous, it might be uncomfortable, it might be not a very pleasant experience. So I said I thought that would probably not be what I had would have chosen. It's probably earlier than I would have chosen but my caveat was I need to speak to um the girl's mother we hadn't met because they live a, a little while away so
0: hello my name's Susie Asley we haven't met but could my son
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much that was how it went <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly my son was like really really do you have to and I was like yeah that that's a non-negotiable oh. if you want this to happen I I need to have that conversation so if I don't then it's not happening so by the end of that day um I had the number <laughs> And I did. It was literally like that. I rang her up. Lovely, lovely lady. And we had a very fun, nice conversation. It was, um it was fine. And she had then a chat daughter and, and we worked it out. It was very much a, a joint decision. And I also thought, you know, if you do the separate rooms, which is also absolutely, and I'm not absolutely not judging anyone who does this differently at all. This was just what worked for us. They're going to sneak around. And I was not, willing or thinking it was appropriate to be policing anything like that you know because they'll do what they're going to do so it's worked and it wasn't weird and it's it's and they've been together for a year now so uh.
0: and I love what you said about uh, checking in with the other parent and this is something that is in my opinion as well critical major decisions in teenagers lives and I think it's it's disrespectful to allow anything to happen in your house yeah. without checking in with the parent first.
1: Yeah. We also had an awkward conversation. Well, I don't. I didn't think it was awkward, but my son would almost certainly say it was, you know, about contraception, about what, you know, how are we going to manage this? And we had that conversation and, and that was short. I think that's perfect because I mentioned it to my daughter and she said, Mummy, what, what would you do?
0: And I said, look, I think if you're old enough to have a girlfriend, go to parties uh, or, or have someone staying over, you're old enough to have adult conversations mm-hmm. about sex. Mm-hmm. And that covers things like a sexual health check. Mm-hmm. Now, these are young children, hopefully both virgins, mm-hmm. but it's actually still worth bringing up the question of sexual health. And that if you're going to start a new partnership, you really should both get checked to make mm-hmm. sure one of them that doesn't have a venereal disease. I've got a friend many years ago, who her first sexual relationship, he gave her a venereal disease that she can she's had for the rest of her life. So, you know, this is one of those things where it's worth flagging up mm. because otherwise if you never mention it and something happens, then you'll look back and think, oh, maybe I should have said something. I think it's worth remembering that, you know, the contraception, when you're talking about it, to me, I would want to actually, so it's a boy in this mm. example, I would say, so what would happen if she says she's using contraception and then she forgets? And then now she's pregnant. How would you feel about that? How would you deal with having to go to an abortion clinic with her if that's what she chooses? How would you feel about her deciding that she's going to keep it? And you're now a 16 year old boy who has a baby in the world to your name. Or 17, it will be 17 by then. But, you know, how would that work for you? Mm. So rather than saying, oh, are you going to use contraception, is actually saying, so this, this is the result of not using contraception. So just think about that. And, and then I'm leaving. I'm not going to pry. I'm just going to say, here are the options. And so we're going to make sure that you're safe. You, you need to make sure you're checking in with her. And yes. they're talking about making the girl feel happy. Yeah. and saying you know at every stage where you're going a little bit further you say you're, you're okay with you're right yeah. because she's gonna love you for <laughs> it so this is the thing that yeah. guys don't know is that actually if you're responsible and
1: responsive you you'll probably get further yeah we and, get it we had a chat as well and we talked about um um about what sex is you know it's it's and it's between people who love each other and they've been they've been to each other for a while um but it's a really beautiful connection it's not just you know Sex exactly. and um, yeah, no, that was really important. For, I, fe- I felt that was really important that he understood that. I mean, how much he did, I'm not sure, but <laughs> we had the conversation, <laughs> and, and yeah, he did. It did resonate.
0: Another interesting side of this is what does your partner feel? Because of course you're parenting on your own, yeah. so you were left to have to deal with this all on your. By yourself. And so, you know, there's the other set of parents who need to be considered and included in this decision-making. There's your own feelings about, you know, morals, religion, anything. Mm -hmm. You know, that has to be taken into account. If you're unhappy about anything happening in your house you need to explain to your child why just just give them a real sense of why this matters to you because there's nothing wrong with having that conversation but just remember they may well go and do it somewhere else as you said
1: but they probably also respect our opinions i mean i have absolutely no judgment for anyone however they dealt with any of that because we have very different morals we have very different ideas as to what's right what's wrong what's okay but as you say, um, it's communicating that. And, and first of all, tuning in, what do I think? What is okay rather than a knee-jerk reaction to any of it? What are my values? And then communicating them. And, and I think it's worth doing that before you get confronted with this
0: because this poor lady mm. has obviously, she started to see the and what yeah. coming towards her. What's amazing is that he's talking to her. Yes. Wow, well yeah. done, great parenting because you've got a son who's even expressing these feelings. Yeah. So don't panic. You're doing so well. There's an open communication there. He's not gone sneaked off and done something. Or it, dropped in on Alexa. <laughs> dropped... <laughs> Sorry. Alexa, I can't hear you right now. Alexa, oh, it's... <laughs> It stopped working. It was interesting because I, I mentioned it to my husband, thinking we're very, very similar in the way yeah. that we see things. And he said, I wouldn't be comfortable. And I said, oh, interesting, why? And he said, because I don't want to accelerate something beyond where it should be. So I wouldn't want to put them in that situation where maybe they're saying, oh, yes, we want it. And then suddenly they think, actually, this isn't what mm. we wanted. Or oh, there's something rather fun about sneaking around.
1: Yeah, interesting point, though. I mean, you'd like to think that they'd be sort of mature enough to just, you know, do whatever they feel to be right. But I think he
0: had those years when he was a teenager having to sneak around in his parents' house and that was rather exciting. And So maybe he's like, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And one last point about this that really made me stop and think was when I was talking to another mother whose uh, son is in this age range. She said, you do realise, don't you, that when they turn 16 you have no access to their GP records. So, you have no control. They can go to their GP and ask for any kind of, um, help. Yeah. They can ask for the morning after pill. They can, you will not have access. Yeah. So, it's very well worth having these conversations before and realizing that if you come down hard on a teenager who's moving in that direction, you may find that they shut you out.
1: Yeah. yeah and I want, and I've said to him, my, my, and to her as well she's really lovely um, you know if there's any I want them to feel that if there is an issue if there's a problem whatever however big however small that you know my door I don't have a door <laughs> is open they can they can discuss it and and you know they think it's a little bit awkward maybe but I really hope and I think they would you know if something happened they would be able, feel they could have that conversation because it's been an open it's been a hopefully a nurturing space sure sure Perfect. So
0: next week, we're going to tackle the tricky subject of sexting. Let's stay on the sex. Who's doing it? What are the issues and how do you talk to your teenager about it? And we deal with Mark's question. What do I do about pocket money for my teenager? He's asking for an allowance, but I already seem to be spending a fortune on him while he doesn't really appear to understand the value of things. What would you advise, Mark? You can reach us by using the email help at teenagersuntangled.com or join our discussion forum on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.